When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So we have a very exciting episode today. We are going to be talking about the Golden Globes, which took place Sunday night. We have a lot to break down about the telecast. And most excitingly, Julie was actually on hand at the Beverly Hilton in the press room and at the after parties. She'll have a whole lot to tell us, I'm sure, about everything that went on at the actual Globes themselves. And then after we are through with Globes discussion, we have no choice but to check in with (laughs) with our lady, Meghan Markle, who had an exciting week. And also one of our other favorites, Blue Ivy Carter. Yeah, let's start. Julie, I want to hear all about the Globes last night. So you were actually in the press room backstage where all the winners go after they win, right? Right. Let me set the stage for you. So you're at home watching the red carpet. All the stars walk into the Beverly Hilton and then they usher the journalists in through like the delivery entrance in the back (laughs) where I imagine produce or drugs are delivered. So we're like walking in the basement. We go up and we're stationed in this kind of room. It's not very uh, fancy. This room with a little buffet. What food is offered to the They're like bags of Lay's potato (laughs) chips, like a fruit tray. Same as Meryl Streep is eating, I'm sure. (laughs) Same as Meryl Streep. There's like a party tub of ice with like Coke and Sprites. So all of the celebrities, after they win, Mm -hmm. they come backstage, they stand up on this little stage set up in the press room, and they answer a few questions from press. But it's very jarring because, you know, you're watching the Golden Globes, which has the most beautiful people in the world, wearing the most stylish, amazing fashion in the world. And you're sitting in this room of like 50 (laughs) slovenly journalists with ill-fitting suits and gowns from men's warehouse you know i include myself in that i got my dress at like a department store i have a point of clarification which is you looked you looked wonderful as and then you can check out julie's look on our instagram <laughs> fashion credits included actually not we'll update <laughs> but it's just kind of jarring so like emma stone comes back looking radiant resplendent in this custom shimmery gown with her makeup done and you can across <laughs> to the journalists on hand who are like slouched over their bottles of diet coke which celebrities would you say garnered the most excitement when they came backstage 
I was really excited for Meryl Streep to mm. come back, but then they alerted us that she lost her voice, which after watching the speech, I was very disappointed and thought that maybe she just didn't want to do press because she did have a wild week last week between Carrie Fisher's memorial and she flew back to D.C. for, I guess, the Obama's farewell party. And Josh, I'm surprised you weren't there. <laughs> I know. I guess that email must have gone to my spam folder or something. I'm going to have to text Michelle because, like, I don't understand what happened there. This is a bad <laughs> place for our friendship. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to forgive them. Well, maybe they're having a more intimate <laughs> party. They'll invite you to. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling were very cute. This foreign press member asked them this very convoluted question about, like, how does the modern era affect, you know, the fantasy of love? What? (laughs) What type of question is that? I don't know. It was very embarrassing, as if I wasn't embarrassed (laughs) enough about the company I was in. This guy had to ask that question? So Ryan Gosling was like, I've had too much champagne to answer. And Emma played it off charmingly. She said, I may not be able to speak to the modern era right now. But next week, I'm going to have a great answer with footnotes and references. She's so quick. Billy Bob Thornton, I have to say, was the only winner who came back and wore sunglasses throughout (laughs) his entire interview. Wow. So that happened. (laughs) Was he like in good spirits or was he like above it all kind of vibe? Well, at first I was like, whoa, look at Joe Hollywood coming out here. <laughs> yeah, Can't right. even remove his shades. But then once he started talking, he has that Southern drawl. He was kind of addressing journalists as darling. And charmer, he was very charmer. Yes. Yeah. Very sweet after that. And then my favorite, though, was probably Donald Glover, who was so surprised to win. He had never won anything before like this. So he came back into the press room, didn't really know how it worked. So he just walked up to the mic and started monologuing (laughs) about about how surprised he was to win. And one of the journalists was like, no, 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 you don't speak until we ask you a question. Again, like hand in the face. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) I know like them. Like I love the idea of Donald Glover, one of like the coolest people in Hollywood right now. And then these journalists being like, actually, here's how it goes. I was so happy he won, though. I love that show. I just have to say, selfishly, the real star of the press room for me is there is this, like, 120-year-old female journalist that comes every year. She's dressed like Auntie Mame with full makeup, this giant fur around her neck. Everybody else is in the press room banging away on their computers with their headphones, their recorders. She's writing everything out longhand on pencil. What? And la- <laughs> yes, and last year I heard her say, hold on a second, I have to go phone in this story. <laughs> I'm sure she found some rotary phone in the back room, but I feel like I'm the only one who can see her. This is like a ghost of the Golden Globes past. <laughs> this is just like some sort of premonition of what's going to happen to me. You need to profile her or something. This also reminds me of um, the Robert De Niro and Hathaway movie, almost. The intern. He works as a millennial startup. He's like, I actually am going to write this out. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Where's your iPad? You know? Wait, speaking of Robert De Niro, were you watching when on the red carpet they cut to someone interviewing a Golden Globes bartender? No. This is my second favorite moment. They have to fill like eight hours of red carpet pre-show. So they threw to this bartender and they said, oh, tell us you know, about one celebrity you served in the past. And he said that his favorite was Robert De Niro, because I guess Robert De Niro only drinks martinis at a very specific temperature. So he had to remake Bob De Niro's martinis every 20 minutes. What? (laughs) I know. 
that's interesting to me because I wouldn't have expected him to have the like diva tendencies, right? I know. That's actually kind of not, I mean, I don't know if it's a buzzkill or not, but that's kind of interesting. I didn't want them to throw back to Juliana Rancic or whatever. I, I just want to know more. I want to know what everybody drinks. What's, you know, Merrill's go to cocktail? Well, I saw Merrill the night before at a pre oh. party. And I just happened to be stationed in the lobby as she walked down. And she came in, everybody's in these ridiculous fancy gowns, and she just had this long black coat and a security guard, and she just beelined towards this empty bar. Of course, snap your fingers, within 30 seconds, the room was filled, the bar was completely filled, but she ordered a martini. But when she whispered her order into this very handsome Chateau Marmont bartender's ear. She spent like 40 seconds describing what it was. Oh my God. So maybe she also has Robert De Niro style. That bartender immediately texted 500 people. That bartender is leaving Hollywood. That was the pinnacle. You don't get better than that. A 40 second whisper in your ear from Meryl about a specific cocktail. I expected them to bring out something with, you know, an umbrella. Yeah, wait, so what came out? Just a regular martini or? Just a martini. And she drank the martini, made a little small talk with Hugh Grant and the grossly underage blonde on his arm. Mm. Can you just imagine in Meryl's head, like, oh, I have to talk to this girl. (laughs) And then as soon as she slammed that martini, she was out. Hugh Grant's girlfriend also probably was like, this is my LinkedIn page. You can find my audition reel here, Meryl. Use every opportunity you can get, I guess. Did you make eye contact with Meryl? Did you talk to Meryl? You were in the same vicinity as her. That's like my Kris Jenner, basically. (laughs) I did. I did. There was a moment where she wanted to talk to Hugh Grant, but for some reason, people kept asking him for selfies. People are loving Hugh. He was having a moment, I guess, now because of this Meryl movie. So there was a moment where she was kind of awkwardly waiting for an opening for Hugh Grant. And so she was just standing up against a wall. And I was standing up against the opposite wall that I had stationed myself. Oh my God, it was like, like the beginning that. of a romantic comedy or something. We made eye contact and just, it wasn't even a quarter of a smile. I would say it was like a sixteenth of a smile. Our lips both turned upwards in like a shared glance of understanding. Oh my God, electric. I'm sure you kept it together in such a dignified way. People probably just get on the ground and start bowing down, right? Well, I told you about the one time I did approach Meryl, right? Wait, I think so. (laughs) It was at an award show a few years back. I was covering the award show. So what that entails is me going up to celebrities with my recorder. It's very intimidating, especially for a shy person, and saying, Hi, I'm Julie Miller. I'm covering the event for Vanity Fair. Do you mind if I ask you a couple quick questions? So I went up to Merrill, as one does. I said, hi, Miss Street. Do you mind if I ask you a couple quick questions? She turns to me and she says, yes. <laughs> Immediately turns her head in the opposite direction. And she so quickly responded that I thought, oh, this must be a joke. And I waited there for a good 30 seconds, thinking she would turn back around and say, just kidding. But no. She didn't. She didn't, Josh. <laughs> That's also, though, to me, like, that's like the bartender who she whispered in the ear. Anything she gives you, it's such a performance that I feel like right. it's, it's like she should get nominated for that response to you, you know, Golden Globe miniseries award or something. I mean, I feel honored to have gotten the brush off from her. So what after parties? I know you went to a bunch after the show let out. Which ones did you go to? I want to hear what you saw. 
So the Golden Globes take place in the Beverly Hilton, which is the hotel where mm-hmm. Whitney Houston famously spent her oh, last oh, wow. moments. It's like a, som- a somber beginning to the tale of the Golden Globes night. <laughs> so all of the major parties happen in the hotel, you know, around the pool or on the opposite side, like over the parking structure. So it's just a madhouse with people with their globes and their little champagne mm. bottles just stumbling around. The parties, it's just an embarrassment of champagne. There's so much champagne. L.A. may not have water, but it has champagne for days, just towers of it. I just want to interrupt this to say I'm in the middle of the first week of sober January, dry January. So seeing this whole display sober was really, it put a new lens (laughs) on everything. But so at the HBO party, my first major sighting was Nick Jonas chomping on a cigar. And drinking a martini. He's chomping. Like, one, no one else has a cigar at this party. Where do you even get cigars? Did he bring a cigar? I had a million questions. I was ready to just turn around at that point because Nick Jonas chomping on a cigar was enough for me. But then the person I was with pointed out that he was actually with Game of Thrones' Sophie Turner. And on her other side, Joe Jonas. Her boyfriend. Yes, yeah, so right. Sansa Stark in a Jonas Brothers sandwich, and Sansa was smoking. I heard from someone in the ceremony that Sansa and Maisie Williams were sneaking cigarette breaks, which I don't know how old they are, but I guess in the UK, you're allowed to start smoking when you're 12. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say, like you come out with a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> but Sansa and Joe Jonas were going at it, making out very aggressively at a party filled by you know strangers everybody was whispering like oh do you see sansa making out with <laughs> i love that it's like she's just sansa like who like what's her real name you know it's like sansa Stark I know. <laughs> and, and and a jonas brother it's like a combination of seo search terms or something you know what i mean like how many things can we get in this game of thrones jonas brother make out cigarettes Golden Globes. That's a lot of search terms. I know. And then my other favorite sighting was I saw Naomi Campbell. Ooh. She was sitting in a banquet with Joan Collins. Oh my God. That's like Diva Express. <laughs> I can do better. Well, than that. no, no, no. Wait. <laughs> and then 80s soap opera vixen Donna Mills. What? <laughs> I have no idea how they know each other, what they have in common. But my friend Kyle joked on Twitter. He was like, I'm just standing by this table and I frankly am throwing a drink in my own face. Because <laughs> she was just so fabulous. Oh, and then God. she left the party and these older women are just throwing themselves desperate to yell. So she hears, you're beautiful, Naomi. You look so beautiful. Desperately shouting, hoping their words <laughs> fall on her ears. It was intense. Meanwhile, Naomi's like, what is this noise? <laughs> Nothing registers. I interviewed her once, and I can't remember ever being actually quite so nervous before Wait, an interview. set the scene for me, because I don't quickly, know the it story. Was like she was, it was in a hotel in Midtown. She had a book coming out last year, a Tashin photo book. It's actually an incredible book. It's 3D, and it's shaped like the curves of her body. <laughs> the book this actually. is like pornographic yes <laughs> the, the book is like explicit the book is like tvma or whatever i don't know i think the book retails for like a thousand dollars or something and they made like 90 of them very naomi but anyway got to this interview and they're like oh i like wait in this suite it was two floor suite or something so she was downstairs getting her glam together i guess which and, hotel was it do oh, you remember i don't remember now but it was in midtown but she i guess was getting hair and makeup done 
Meanwhile, by the way, we weren't photographing her for this. So she's getting her hair and makeup done to talk to me and as everyone should before talking to josh <laughs> yeah I, I have high standards for my <laughs> the aesthetics of anyone who dares speak to me but basically she was just down there an hour and 15 minutes while i waited and i could hear her the whole time talking to her team <laughs> telling them her hair didn't quite look right meanwhile i'm just sitting there <laughs> and then she finally came up and had uh, crutches because i guess she had injured her knee so she put up her leg and had ice on it. And I was just like in terror. It's <laughs> like, this ice, this ice pack is going to end up like across my face. Because then, you know she injured herself, you know, in some <laughs> brawl where she threw a phone at an assistant and the uh, assistant threw it back. Or... But then I guess this is a story of overcoming your deepest fears because it was monosyllabic <laughs> answers for the first like 10 minutes. And then somehow I wore it down. <laughs> and by the end... She was like, hey, I'm having this book launch party that Mark Jacobs was throwing me next week. You should come. So then I was like, oh, my God, I canceled a family vacation. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> but like, I was like, I'll do anything. And then she was like, yeah, um, the only thing is it's 80s themed. So if you come, you have to wear a wig and bell bottoms. She told me everything I had to wear. She's like, I want you to wear bell bottoms, the Saturday Night Fever style shirt unbuttoned, and like an Afro wig. And I was like, okay. At this point, had you guys kind of struck up a rapport? Yeah, no, we kind, of, we kind telling? of had. I guess she had decided I was acceptable. So I was like, I don't know if I can pull that off. She's like, if Naomi Campbell tells you to wear it, you're wearing it. And I was like, okay. Like in the third She person. said that? Yeah. She was like making fun of herself. It was funny. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then I went and I went up to her at the party and was like, I wore what you asked me to wear. Really? Yeah. What was your wig? The wig I actually went for was more of a Bob style. I couldn't find the kind of like right <laughs> wig for that sort of party. Like a Saturday Night Wait, Fever style. Did, did you take a photo with Yeah, her? but it, that photo is never going to see the light of day. Maybe I'll show I, it to you. I <laughs> am demanding. Okay, please, <laughs> please tweet it's, Josh it's, and it's help demand. It's a horrendous. It's not a good I look. have to see this. It's just like not good. That story is everything I <sighs> wanted and more. That is what you want when you meet a supermodel. I want it to end with them dressing me, basically, and like instructing me on what to wear to their launch party for their 3D book. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was going to ask if you saw like Leo or Brad or any of these kind of like A-list actors who made these surprise appearances last night. The closest I got to Angie and Brad was I saw John Voight walking. <laughs> that, that's very a good. That's a close. He was walking with determination to a party. And just is he ever without a silk scarf? No. Around his he suit? He loves those scarves. <laughs> that is always in place. My colleague, Rebecca, went to the Warner Brothers party, and I'm so mad I wasn't there because she said Kylie and Kendall Jenner. I saw on Twitter that they were there. She said that they were wearing matching top knots. And they were dancing with their bodyguard to Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody, which takes on a special meaning once you know where they were dancing oh, to that song. Yeah, I wonder if they thought of that. Wow, Julie, you just did an expert <laughs> bringing us back moment there. 
Also, Julie, I think you and me have to recreate that night next time in MLA, which oh. is actually this week. I'm going to be in LA this week. Yes, we're so excited. We're going to have to do matching top knots. I think we have no other choice. We're going to do matching top knots. If anyone wants to come and be the Joan Collins to our <laughs> Naomi Campbell and Donna Mills, let us know. We will promise to throw a drink in your face. Were you able to watch? You, you were able to see most of it, but like you were in the press room, so it was probably hard to see the whole telecast. But... I think you saw Ryan Gosling's speech, though, right? I thought Ryan Gosling's speech was so good. I was desperate to talk to you about this, though, because he said, my lady, My right? lady. Well, it's so interesting, because Julie wrote an old post on VF.com about Ava Mendez and Ryan Gosling. I feel like we're giving trade secrets, like, behind the scenes of <laughs> VanityFair.com in the warehouse that houses all of our content. But basically, that story, like, spiked in traffic crazily last night. Because everyone was trying to search after the speech because he talked about Ava Mendez, but without mentioning her by name, he just kept saying, my lady. Josh, I only <laughs> want you to introduce me in like future conversations as my lady, not my coworker, not my friend. This is my lady. This is In the Limelight with Josh Duboff and my lady. <laughs> I really just sounds so that's like rolled off the tongue. Um, but it was kind of like romantic, I guess, because he mentioned his kids by name and he very touchingly dedicated the award to her late brother and mentioned him by name. But I kind of thought it was kind of mysterious and seductive and cool that he never actually says Ava, I guess. Right. They're very private. So maybe it's just kind of this thing they have that he doesn't want to, I don't know, put her name out there. But like, I don't know, everyone right. knows it's her. I'm not really sure. I totally get it. I don't know either. But I also wanted to talk to you about Brad Pitt because whenever a winner comes backstage to the press room, they turn off the sound of the monitors showing the Golden Globes. So I think they had the screenwriters from Zootopia were on stage in the press room. And all of a sudden I see Brad Pitt and I had to listen to these Zootopia filmmakers rather than hear Brad Pitt. So what did he do? Brad Pitt came out, I guess he's one of the producers on Moonlight, which I had forgotten. So he came out to introduce the Moonlight clip, but he wasn't on the list. No one knew he was going to be presenting. So it was seen as a shock. The thing that was kind of surprising to me, and which I noted to someone last night, is that he got prolonged applause. He didn't say anything. He just came out. And then he got the level of applause that you would think, you know, like when an Olympic athlete presents at the VMAs or something and they get this long applause because they just won at the Olympics. It was kind of that style. And I was thinking to myself, what exactly is he being applauded for here? I guess there was this kind of strange to me, at least undercurrent of, I don't know if it was exactly related to, you know, whatever he's been going through with Angelina, but it definitely felt like that was something of a Brad, we're here for you kind of thing, which was a little layered. I feel like it could be picked apart a little bit about exactly like what was going on there. But he looked really good and surprisingly rested, considering what it sounds like he's been going through with the divorce like we talked about last week. But it was kind of interesting. Wow. I know. I was trying to unpack it. Well, I guess in the room, the buzz was that as soon as Brad Pitt showed up and made his appearance, everybody knew that Moonlight won the best drama because they figured, why would he be there unless oh, interesting. it had won? Leonardo DiCaprio also looked really good. I feel like he always gets it together for these award shows. Because when you see photos of him with his vape pen and his newsboy hat <laughs> traipsing around some Bali forest, you know. Can you imagine his, like, accessories closet? It's, like, all <laughs> vape pens. There's just a bucket of vape pens yeah, and newsboy know. caps. One weird moment also that I'm wondering you thought of this. So Ryan Gosling won Best Actor. And then I'd seen increasingly people being like, oh, maybe Ryan Reynolds has a chance 
for Deadpool. Oh, was Blake there? Yes, Blake was there at Mel Gibson's table, which was the weirdest thing. (laughs) She was at the house. How much money would we pay for a transcription of just. I mean, I was trying to imagine what went on at that table because it was Andrew Garfield and Mel Gibson and everyone who did Hacksaw Ridge. And then weirdly, Vince Vaughn was at that table too. And then Blake and Ryan just sandwiched in. I guess they had nowhere else to put them or something. And at one point it looked like Blake was right next to Mel Gibson's like 26-year-old pregnant girlfriend. And I was just imagining Blake being like, uh, do you want to see like photos of my kids or something? And then like Mel just mumbling and grumbling something. I just cannot imagine how that went down. I can just picture the producers of the show kind of cackling as they place Blake Lively <laughs> next to Mel Gibson. <laughs> just why? I felt bad for her. I was imagining her texting Taylor being like, get me out of here. <laughs> so anyways, when Ryan Gosling won though, Ryan Reynolds turned to Andrew Garfield, who he was sitting next to, and they kissed. And... Blake was like cackling and like loving it. I guess it was just a prearranged bit where Ryan Reynolds was like, hey, if I lose, let's kiss. I don't really, but I don't really get, it was subtle too, like pan to the audience. And I shouted, oh my God, did Ryan Reynolds and Andrew Garfield just kiss? And everyone was like, Josh, I think you're seeing things. (laughs) They thought I had imagined it. I was like, no, I saw that. And then thank God, 10 minutes later, it was all over the internet. And Emma Stone had to react to it last night too, apparently. Some Access Hollywood reporter showed it to her on their phone for her to comment and she just laughed but i don't know i thought it was kind of strange oh a strange after party situation my friend said that he saw winona Ryder talking very intimately with her stranger things son for the whole party and they were just huddled together and my friend had this kind of off the wall theory that because her son kind of has this rock star hair and that's Winona's type that maybe, maybe they're a isn't thing. Isn't that son like 14? Wait, oh, the, the, the older-ish son. I thought you meant the right. son that went missing, who's like eight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I feel like we should jump from, yes. the how are you going to do this one? This transition. <laughs> oh, my God. From the city of stars to the northern lights. <laughs> no, I was trying to go for like a lights of Hollywood, La La Land to Meghan Markle's New Year's. I'm from Hollywood's brightest lights to the to, to Norway's to Nor- 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 Northern Lights. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's go with that. That was better. That was like an improv class. We worked off of each other to great effect. So Meghan Markle had this new year's that it's like romantic comedy on steroids is how i described it to julie i feel like this was a new year's that you can't even dream of so quick background is that shouldn't even have to give all of our listeners background at this point because everyone is so well versed in megan markle i hope everyone has google alerts set for her name right now and if you don't get to it yeah we so appreciate all the feedback we've been getting about her we really feel like we found a community that shares our interests yeah like a lot of you guys now are telling us about megan stuff before even we see it which is amazing but they spent new year's eve together in london before traveling to norway so first stop of the new year northern lights so yeah she didn't spend christmas together because he had to do all that like formal stuff with the queen which i hypothesize annoyed her but who really knows but it's okay she had a busy yoga schedule (laughs) Well, we're always just there to support our gal. So basically, they spent Christmas apart. They reunited in London for New Year's. And then they went up to a fancy inn. Is that right? In Norway? 
where, according to the People.com report, it wasn't an obvious choice, like a glitzy beach resort or tropical island. He put a lot of thought into it and wanted to make it as romantic and special as possible. And while there, they did whale watching, sunsets in the snow, and watch the aurora borealis. So this was like a very rustic, snowy kind of New Year remote celebration. What do you make of it? I mean, I was jealous. You were? It had me wanting to just burn all of my airline miles <laughs> on two coach tickets to get us out there to see. For me. Yeah, yes, I was going to say. Me. Yeah, OK, good. Who else? My husband? No, you. <laughs> I was going to say, Ryan's staying at home. I'm going to the Northern Lights with my lady. (laughs) I basically feel like this was too much. Maybe I'm letting my personal biases get in the way here, but like this is such an intense vacation. You're going to watch the Northern Lights together. It's just cheesy to me, no? You thought it sounded cheesy. I thought it sounded amazing. No, like, no. It's not, it's not so much like I would like to go with friends or you, but like going with, I don't know. I guess I understand, though. It made sense to me that they would want something off the beaten track a little bit. I guess I could just think of a lot of cheesier trips. You know, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, their Eiffel Tower. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like proposal. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And I guess it is sweet that he wanted to take her somewhere where I guess, you know, she's dealing with all these photographers now and whatnot. Do you think people recognize them in Norway? No, I bet they had big parkas on. They could wear those beanies. (laughs) Maybe they were just looking for a locale where they could wear their beanies. Yeah, those matching beanies they first debuted when they went to the play together in London. Actually, you're right. So with those, it's like they can be pretty covert, I bet. That's their search criteria for vacations. (laughs) Where can we go and wear beanies? (laughs) And then correlated or not, she has not posted on Instagram still for three weeks. What is going on there? There must be some reason. She just went totally radio silent. I just want to make sure that Megan doesn't give up too much of herself during this question. That's what I'm getting at. It's kind of like, girl, you love posting those Instagrams. I know she did. She got those borders. You know, she wrote her little emoji-filled captions. She loves that. I know. I'm not pleased about that. Northern Lights versus, you know, your identity. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think of the amazing photo ops she's getting out there. I know she got some photos. You know she was snapping photos of those Northern Lights. It's basically torture to be taken to the Northern Lights and not be able to Instagram it. So it's actually like a mean trip. That would be like a prison sentence for us. Another question. Today is Kate Middleton's 35th birthday as we record this. What? How did we not say that at the front of the podcast? Do we think Megan is going to send her like a happy birthday text? Do we think she sent her a gift? How is Megan going to play this? Because I think this is an important one. You got to win over Kate, you know, if you want to be accepted into the fold. I have a very specific answer for this because i don't i don't think they've met yet according to us weekly and people you know god knows those authoritative sources as far as we know they have not met so that makes it even more of a tricky thought experiment because it's like someone you don't even have any basis of having met them yet i don't think she has sent anything but i think when they're in norway together oh i like where this is going like where this is going yeah she's gonna get something small that she thinks Kate is going to like, and she's going to say, you know, Harry, we should get this for Kate. I think she'd really like it. What would they get, though? 
that's a good question. Kate just got into some photos. Royal Society like honored her for her, like I mean her, I'm sure her photo her photographs actually are pretty good. But like Ouch. apparently they caused some. That was like <laughs> ten seconds of you just having this complete breakdown of how to like describe Kate Middleton's mediocre photography skills. <laughs> it's like every fiber of your being. You could hear me. You could hear me malfunctioning there because I just like didn't know how to process that. Like I had to kind of confront her maybe subpar high school photo skills but basically she got into the society that like is kind of hard to get into and then surprise surprise she managed to get in but basically megan i could see her maybe being like oh there's oh this is that maybe maybe that's too nice of a gift like getting her a camera or something no way too nice and way too forward way too forward this is almost like dating you can't make that strong but couldn't you see couldn't you see her accidentally going too far or you think she knows what she's doing? You're right. I feel like they does. no. I feel like they went into the souvenir shop and like Harry picked out the novelty shot glass, <laughs> yeah. and then Megan was like, "I don't know. What about this cute sweater or this cute oh, like a hat? teapot, a teapot or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, or like, or like a, little- a little cheese and cracker set." <laughs> she loves like food preparation and all of her like lifestyle stuff, right? I don't know, but I, I feel like they're really building up to it. I think Us Weekly said that Harry really wants to introduce her to the, the family. He's really proud right. of the relationship, which this could also have been completely fed to Us Weekly by Meghan Markle herself, <laughs> like calling with one of those voice distorters. Also, as we've been eagerly anticipating the return of Suits, uh, I think we're going to have to do a live episode or something. We have to like, do something special. I know. In some way, shape, or form, we will be there for you when Suits comes back to the air this year. I know. If you guys have any ideas. Yeah, let us know. Maybe we'll have like a live party for all of our Megan-ites. <laughs> Little Megans. Markles. I don't know. I don't know what the fan name for Megan Markle. Yeah, send us ideas for that, too. Okay. <laughs> Bag of Markles, like marbles or something. <laughs> that's, that's really good. Wait, wait. What? What is Kate Middleton doing for her birthday? Oh, she's laying low. <laughs> she's... <laughs> I made a joke of it, or it's just she was going to have like Pitbull come to like a nightclub in London. Because I want Kate to really just live it up. And I feel like she has to live this buttoned up, restrained lifestyle. Like I want her to have a crazy 35th birthday. Live it up, girl. You know, she can do whatever she wants. Get Elton John, get Madonna, get Lady Gaga. I want to see like a full on extravaganza. What is your life if you're a princess and you're not taking advantage of it for your 35th birthday? That's ah. my rant about that. She really needs you in her cabinet of advisors. Yeah, like live a little, you know? You have the rest of your life to do the decorum of the queen or whatever. Okay, so from that birthday celebration, Blue Ivy Carter had her fifth birthday. I know we wanted to quickly talk about it because to me, what was interesting about this birthday was that it was apparently held at Beyonce and Jay-Z's home. It was a fifth birthday, but there have been no photos posted yet by Beyonce about it. And the only thing we really know about it is that Kim and Kanye attended, but without North and Saint. I imagine we only know this because Kim's people leaked it (laughs) to Us Weekly. Right. So what was interesting about it was that famously before Kanye went to the hospital for that brief stay like a month or two ago, he spoke at a concert, the same one where he talked about he would have voted for Donald Trump. He also kind of had some harsh words for Beyonce about how she came to win her Video Music Award and was kind of upset that Jay-Z and Beyonce hadn't reached out after Kim's robbery. It was very public and he was kind of upset with them. So for them to go to Blue Ivy's party feels like a nice reconciliation or something. 
But I just thought it was interesting that that was the venue for the ending of a Cold War, kind of. I'm imagining Blue Ivy at this party, you know, sitting behind some, like, mafia-style table, like, brokering the conflict between her parents and Kim and Kanye. She's on, like, that Scarface throne. (laughs) I mean, at this point, Blue Ivy's fifth birthday, she's probably already seen and dealt with more adult matters than I've had to deal with in my life. But, like, it's just always funny they didn't even bring their kids. I'm like, what kind of party was this? North wasn't even going to this? Also, it's kind of creepy to show up to a children's birthday party, (laughs) right? No kids. And also, Kim's wearing this oversized, like, flannel and, like, sweats. I was like, what type of party is this? Maybe Blue Ivy just clarified that attire was, you know, (laughs) loungewear. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine being one of those children's performers who impersonates like mermaids and you're cruising around (laughs) and like your beat up Camry and you get a call to show up at this address and you wiggle out to the front door in your mermaid tail and you're at Beyonce's house. And you're greeted by Kim blithely, like texting on her phone, like looking annoyed in the foyer. She's like, yeah, they're in there. (laughs) Like, and you just go like, oh, God, like that was Kim Kardashian. Well, speaking about Blue Ivy's birthday party, we have to figure out what celebrity jaunt circuit we're going to recreate when you're in town. I'm thinking maybe we could do the Tina Knowles, Richard Lawson, the barbecue joints, complete with toothpick in the mouth, and then yes. a Ray Publique. Well, I was going to say we have to head to Ray Publique. I feel like that's the official in the limelight Los Angeles locale. Headquarters. Try that butter. Well, the other option is, because I was looking up, because when I knew I was coming this week, I immediately sent Julie, look, we have to figure out what we're going to do. And then she was like, oh, well, we should figure out what Meghan Markle's LA favorite spots are. And we found this guide she wrote in like 2014 of her Los Angeles hotspots. But like, apparently they're all, you were saying they're just like weird little vegan lunchries kind of. I mean, we can do this if you want, but (laughs) one of the places is this vegan restaurant in LA. I think it's called Gratitude, which is great. Uh, Of course, that's the type of place you would like. And everything on the menu is like named after something you should be thankful for. And your waiter comes and they only speak to you in this gentle, I don't know, they're only like very positive and affirming. I say this is like, it's the worst like sin in the world. It's just, it's a little exhausting, especially for a New Yorker. I don't know if you could handle that. I can't take that much spirituality. It's like a parody version of an LA restaurant. I'm not feeling the gratitude thing right now. <laughs> as much as I love Megan. Well, we're going to figure out next week. You guys will all find out what we got up to. We'll post a lot of Instagram yes, videos. Yes. So yeah, make sure you're following us if you're not already on In the Limelight BF on Instagram. Make sure you follow our Los Angeles exploits this week and always and In the Limelight on Twitter. And that will do it for this week's episode. You can also <laughs> follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller on Twitter and Instagram. Josh is at J Duboff, D-U-B-O-F-F. Please remember to rate us, review us on iTunes. Let us know what you think Meghan Markle should have done. (laughs) The episode was edited and produced by the fabulous Alana Milner. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And thanks for joining us. We can't wait to talk to you next week. 